right, James, we're back at it again. Feels good. Feels familiar. Feels like home. Does it? Like home? Well, home is where the heart is, and my heart is always with fantasy football. And in this podcast. Well, James, I got to tell you this last week, my girlfriend and I started to get the bedroom ready for painting. We're going to paint it. Um, When she bought the house, it was one of the kids' rooms, so it's got some brighter colors in there, some childish colors in there. So we want to kind of redo that and make it our own. Wait, like what? What's a childish color? Um, it's like a, it's like a blue, like a light blue, and an orange. Oh, those childs! Such childs. But we started uh, taping the trim, and removing the outlets, casings, and then we got to this vent in the room, and we wanted to remove the vent so we could paint around that. And when we took it off behind there there were some letters and some paper. Oh my gosh. And we took them out and we read them and they were disciplinary notes from the kid's teacher that he was supposed to give his parents that he hid in this vent in his room. What? Is, there that, is, a note. is this real? Is this, this real? is 100% real, yeah. There's a note saying he was acting out in class and needed his parents' signature. There are some homework assignments with the notes that said he didn't do these in class, so he needs to do them at home. Yeah, he was shoving oh all of his gosh. his dirty little secrets back there. <laughs> he didn't just see why. So, like, why didn't you just like throw them away? Why do you have to hide them there? The trash is too obvious. Parents look in well, the trash. For why didn't you just like? Throw it, it like in a bush somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Like, why do you have to bring it home? You're just gonna hide it. A good. That is a good question. Maybe you didn't want a litter. That's fair. Yeah. Still, go go down to your local bowling alley and just go to the bathroom and then throw it in the garbage can there. That easy. So that's my story for this week. You got anything good? Um, my parents bought bought some new rocks. Yeah, is it like petrified wood? It's a cool petrified wood piece. It's on our mantelpiece now. It's pretty cool. I are guess. Your parents, are your parents into rocks? Yeah, just a bit. Well, do you know what I'm really into, James? Uh, fantasy football. Fantasy football. You. Got oh it. wow. Me too. And. Specifically, this league, all about it, and the news of this league. So without further further ado, let's jump over to this week's league news. Yahoo! Besides getting ideas for the activities we're going to do, um, we'd also like some ideas for the type of meals we're going to have. Um, since we're staying there an extra day, have a few more meals shared between all of us. Um, and yeah, if there's anything you guys you know think we should have, like anything at all, let us know. Give us suggestions. Absolutely, yeah. I think you know 
breakfast we usually do some sort of egg and bacon and hash brown but for the lunches and dinners we can do something that is gonna work with everybody and obviously we'll keep any uh, dietary or allergy restrictions in mind so if you have any ideas anything that you want to try or or have uh, the group try uh, please let us know uh, and for NFL news this week, there's nothing really fantasy relevant. So we're just going to respect your time and skip on into the crazy stat with me. Let's get it. Let's do it. All right, James, I remember this time. I'm not going to continue until I know you are in that squat position. Oh, I've been I've been here all day. Been ready. Just ready for this stat? Yep. Wow. You can't prove otherwise. Because this <laughs> is an audio medium. That's an excellent point. I'm gonna have to take your word. Well, our league has been together for six years and we've had six drafts. Throughout those six drafts, there's been one player. And only one player who has been drafted in the first two rounds. And over the course of the six years, their average drafted position overall is 6.5. Do you know who that player is? Um, going to let, let everyone think about, think about who they think it is. Really think. And I'm going to say Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, uh, not quite, not quite. Not I quite think Jimmy Graham. Okay, wait, Julio Jones. Not Julio Jones either. The player uh, that we are... Antonio looking... Brown, got it. Not Antonio Brown. Dang. First year, he was drafted in round three. It, who is it? Just tell me. The player we're looking for is Le'Veon Bell. Oh, okay. That's I, I, I thought I said him already. Maybe in your head, but not out loud, which is where okay. it counts. Yeah, I do that. Okay. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Average drafted position of 6.5 overall. That's just crazy to me that he has been dominant for six seasons that he's been in the top seven picks on average every single year. Yeah. Well, he definitely, he definitely hasn't always returned... On that, like last year, I definitely know that. But uh, I feel like his uh, his pedigree and his history of dominance is what's kept him drafted, because people people know that he's capable of great things, so they're they're looking for that when they draft him in the first round. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to be able to keep that up this year, but uh, still quite impressive over the last six years what he's been able to do, and uh, you know the. The name of Le'Veon Bell definitely holds weight, so uh, very impressive. I'm sure he's a listener to this podcast, so I just want to give a shout-out to him and and really acknowledge his accomplishments. Yeah, and you know, hey, maybe maybe he'll still get drafted in the first round. We uh, We could just do that for the meme. We could, yeah. Maybe Cy will just draft him just because. Probably. Probably. Well, that was this week's crazy stat. Uh, the rest of this episode here is going to be us talking to the one and only Matt Zabel. 
such a pleasure to sit down and talk with him. So let's head on over to the interview. All right, so we have the Matt Zabel talking with us here. Matt, how's it going? It's going pretty well, James. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Andrew, how are you doing? Oh, better now that we have Matt Zabel on with us. <laughs> the flattery. It's, it's always a good time talking to Matt Zabel. So, Matt, uh, we know you just made a big move out to Colorado. Um, can you tell us why you're trying to get away from all of us? Yeah, well, aside from uh, Luke's crazy dog and Jeff, uh, Bryce's underarm sweat, um, <laughs> I, I actually got accepted to what Jackson calls nerd school. Uh, so I'll be attending Rocky Vista University of Osteopathic Medicine uh, for the next four years down in Parker, Colorado. So if you want to come out and visit, I'm 20 minutes south of Denver. I'm about an hour away from the mountains, but I'll, I'll be training to be a student doctor down here. Got a nice, quiet little place, and I'll essentially just be studying. So moved all my crap out here, and we'll see where the next four years take me. Did you, uh, did you bring your skis with you? Oh, naturally. I'm actually – I'll put a shameless poke in here. Um, you know, I can let you guys know in my winter break is we can all jam up in the mountains if you want to come visit me, you know, fly out on my last day of finals we can all go you know visit up in Breckenridge or Copper Mountain or something like that and ski on someplace a little bit bigger than Buck Hill or Trollhagen <laughs> yeah I would but, love that I was actually at Copper Mountain a couple of years ago and one of the best trips of my life so yeah I'd love to go out there with whoever is available and and hit the slopes absolutely I'm excited to get up in the mountains myself shifting our focus to fantasy football now Last year was your first in the league, along with fellow league mate Brandon Hubbard. Um, how experienced were you with fantasy football before this year? Yeah, so, I mean, as people probably know, like, I enjoy watching football. I enjoy being in fantasy football leagues, but I'm certainly not as gung-ho as some people are about the sport and stats and everything. But, you know, I enjoy friendly competition. So I've previously been in leagues. I've been in a college league and uh, – a couple other friend leagues amongst other colleagues and stuff like that. Um, but none certainly as serious as this. So when I actually got the invite extended to me to be in this league, I was, I had a mixture of nerves and a mixture of, you know, like, obviously this is going to be fun. This has been a long-standing league and it's kind of, it was kind of an honor to be extended the invite, but you know, between the actual draft weekend and everything that went on last year, I, I thought it was all pretty fantastic. And my experience has certainly gone up too both in actually playing fantasy football and trash-talking those who probably should have done better than me. That's an important part of it is the trash-talking, but I think we speak for everyone when we're – when I say we're just as honored to have you join the league. And, and uh, yeah, it was a great year for you. Um, Surprisingly. Yeah. So after struggling a bit at the start, you managed to get your feet and finish with a record of 8-5. and five. Uh, you yeah. finished fourth place in the regular season and in playoffs. Um, Brandon wasn't so lucky and ended up in the loser's bracket. How did it feel being the more successful expansion team this year? You know, I like to be a modest guy, but I got to say it felt pretty ha! good. Ha ha, he says. <laughs> um, 
No, yeah. To, to be quite honest, like, you know, after the Rocky start, like, I was a meme in Jackson's photo reel for a while because I was just some sad boy losing all my points and everything. But, you know, Derrick Henry really kind of pulled through for me. And after a little bit of shuffling around in the quarterback position, I was able to kind of start pulling some things out and get some behind-the-end wins and stuff like that. So it felt pretty pretty good to, you know, fight my way back. It was also a little bit nerve-wracking because once I started doing well, I needed to continue to do well and rather than, you know, just kind of fizzle out for the rest of the season. How much, uh, how much of that success do you give to your team name, which uh, I think was probably the best team name among everyone's last <laughs> I year? I would agree. Yeah, I would second that. You know, it's, I, I gotta, I gotta really give it hats off to the team name because to be quite honest, while that was, you know, while that was a quiplash idea, you know, it certainly wasn't the name of my team to begin all of this until everybody, you know, we were down in the basement playing that. And they're like, well, you gotta be smashed ham. You can't be anything other than that. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I got to pull a team effort on this one. Yeah. You guys forced me to use the weird thing that I drunkenly thought up <laughs> during quit flashing. Hell, it may have just pushed me through a, through a pretty decent season for my first year. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely a good season, especially for your first one in the league. Um, not only did you, you know, make the playoffs in your first year, you even managed to get your first playoff win against Cy in week one of the playoff. Uh, how how felt, did that feel? <laughs> that felt really good. <laughs> not going to lie. I mean, obviously – you know, I, I don't even think I've seen Cy in a hot minute, let alone talk to him. But just judging on, you know, the the uh, the atmosphere of our, our group texts and everything like that, it, it felt good to kind of get past, A, the first round of playoffs and stuff like that, and B, you know, especially against Cy. Um, tough fought partner, but, you know, it still felt pretty good. So after beating Cy, your luck did run out in the next week where you ran into the buzzsaw of a team that was Zach and his, uh, yeah. So he put up, uh, 168 points. Yeah. To your very respectable 122. Oh yeah. But yeah, 168 points. That's hard to overcome. Yeah. So Um, we were, Oh, you go. Oh yeah. No. How how do you feel after, uh, having a taste of the postseason last year? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not going to lie. After I, I was pretty, my head was super, and the ego were just super inflated after that win against Cy. I'm like, hell, I made the playoffs. I made it through the first round of playoffs. Let's, you know, let's go win this thing in my first year, right? I, I didn't even have, you know, just get through people. I knew I was playing Zach. I knew I was playing the number one seed. And I knew what his team was capable of, but I had start, started to put up big numbers. And even during those games, I was putting up big numbers. Uh, like you said, I, I ended with 122, which in my books was, you know, certainly not the worst score I could get. I was pretty comfortable getting that in a playoff game. But, uh, but goddamn, dude, Zach's team, was, Zach's team was stacked. It was a heartbreaking loss, but I thought, you know, I was really hoping for the underdog win. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to pull it off. And, uh, yeah, it's okay. Zach had, a, Zach had a powerhouse of a team, and, and we knew he was going far, so – what happens happens, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes sure. you know, you just have those tough matchups and Yep. But getting to where you got in your first season is very impressive. So hats off to you. Hey, thanks. I was happy with it. So we're gonna take a break from the interview to talk about this week's sponsor. 
This nice. week we have Super Polygrip. Strong, all day hold, so you can't let loose. Our denture okay. adhesive products are designed to hold your dentures firmly in place and help seal out food getting stuck underneath, letting you savor every bite. These products are zinc-free and effective when used as directed, so you can stay confident. Whether you have a whole set of missing teeth or just one chipped tooth, Super Polygrip will be there for you. Shameless poke. My grandmother uses that exact adhesive to hold her dentures in, and she loves it. She finds it very comfortable. And uh, even when eating the, you know, the chewiest foods, like milk duds, they, uh, they stay right in and don't ever pop out. So Wow. That makes it even more special knowing that there are, are real 100% <laughs> absolutely not a joke sponsor for this week. So nice. Yeah, may, maybe they uh, maybe we can get them to kick Matt Zabel's grandma a few extra bucks for her testimonial there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll talk to her. We'll call, send an email. All right. Well, Matt, now it is time for everyone's favorite segment of Commissioner's oh Corner. And that is, of course, the Would You Rather section. Oh, boy. I'm in. All right, Matt. Would you rather know who is going to be the number one scoring kicker before the draft, or would you want to know who will be the number one kicker before each week? And who will be the number one kicker in that week? Um, you know, I think I'm going to go number one scoring kicker for the entire draft. Um, I had a few waiver wire battles this past year that didn't turn out for me well. So even though, you know, I could I could maybe know a little sleeper kicker or something like that coming coming in the, the future weeks, I think I'd just prefer to go with a somebody who's going to be performing hopefully consistently throughout the entire year rather than trying to fumble around with a whole bunch of other people throughout the entire season. All right. Uh, Smeed, what, what do you think? Yeah, I'd, I would agree with what Matt Zabel said. I think having the number one kicker overall would allow you to just set it and forget it. And while they might not be able to score the – most points each week, you're not guaranteed that the number one kicker is even available on waivers for you to pick up. So knowing that, you know, overall, the aggregate basis, your kicker is going to be number one. You can just plug them in and not have to worry about it and put your focus at some of those other decisions. So yeah, I would definitely agree. What about you, James? Uh, well, uh, when I'm thinking up this question, I really wasn't sure. Um, so I decided to do a little, a little statistics, a little, a little research. Um, and based off of the stats from last year, um, the number one kicker was, uh, was a Butker of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he scored 165 points, which is pretty good. Pretty good. Good to have him for the full year. I went in and looked at every single week and found the top kicker. Um, and... Uh, I think Smeed mentioned it, but yeah, you're right that um, sometimes the number one kicker was one of those, you know, like Butker or, uh, you know, Tucker or Matt Gay. And like, you know, if you don't have them on your team, they're probably not going to be available. But I did find that in seven weeks, 
um, it was kind of like a no-name kicker. And in those seven weeks, the total score was 114 just in those seven weeks. Um, and if you got uh, Robbie Gold, who was the 17th best kicker for the year, he averaged 8.6 points per week. Um, if you had him plugged in every other week where, like, you had a kicker that you couldn't pick up because it was already on someone's team, um, that would be 77 point four points um and in total that would bring you up to 191 point four points on the year which would be a solid amount more than 165 from butker so knowing that and assuming that last year is uh representative of most years i would go with knowing the number one kicker each week well without that level of research (laughs) I'm sticking strong. Oh, for sure, for, for sure. kickers, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough question unless you. Oh yeah. Going and looking. Unless you unless you do the work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Our second question is Matt Zabel. Oh. Would you rather be able to choose your draft spot one through twelve before the draft? Or have a free, fresh dish of crab legs brought to you at the start of the draft? Uh, question. Who is bringing me the crab legs? Uh, a random person knocks on your door in, like, a butler uniform, All right. hands you a plate, and you know it's not poisoned, and it's steaming hot, and then they walk away. Well, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I love crab legs, so I might need to take that one. Uh, no, realistically, I got stuck towards the middle of the pack last year, still got some decent picks, and even the people at the you know, polar ends of the spectrums got some decent picks. So realistically, the season is long and it is fluid. There are plenty of opportunities to move different players around and kind of barter your way up to the team that you wanted to get. And although I do find the draft to be incredibly important and placement within that, I think, uh, you know, if I could be drafting with a steaming hot pile of crab legs next to me, I don't really give a fuck where I'm going to be in that. <laughs> Fair that's enough. a personal preference, you know? <laughs> well, making sure that your, your mental state is, you know, you got that, those endorphins of having those crab legs next to you might help you focus in on oh, the yeah. draft a little bit more. It's going to pick me up, you know? Instead of just picking garbage like I did last year, I'll be able to, you know, draft a better team and not need to work so hard. If you uh, if you had to choose a draft position, would you go? Uh, do you like being earlier or later in the middle in general? Um, I'd probably pick like like three or four. I'd like to be a little bit towards the beginning, not necessarily the end. I don't want to be first. I don't want to be last. I do not want to be stuck in the middle like I was last year. So somewhere near the, is that like second, second quarter? I'm using that right. I don't know. Towards the beginning. Sounds good. So let's jump back over to the official interview section for just a a few more questions here. Uh, so you mentioned the draft in the Would You Rather section, and you did end up having some pretty solid picks. Um, I'm just going to list off a few of them here. You had Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, who were both top seven running backs. You had Kenny Galladay and Tyreek Hill, uh, who finished top nine in average points per game at their position. 
and Zach Ertz, who finished the season at tight end five. What was your draft strategy for your first year in the league? Uh, so I guess I, you know, I look, I look for those big skill positions first. Uh, my dad always told me that you can get a quarterback whenever. So filling up my runners and filling up my, my wide receivers is kind of, kind of my big thing on my mind. Um, again, I did get that middle of the road draft spot. So I think one of my first picks was probably Chubb. He was, uh, he was high up on the list. He was, you know, starting in Cleveland who we all thought were prospectively going to, you know, do pretty well and stuff like that. Hell Jackson was saying that they were going far. Um, so I had, I had high hopes for the Chubb Meister and then, you know, picked up Derrick Henry too, just because I figured they were going to be my big, big point earners and they were to some respect it took them a little time to heat up and stuff like that but you know realistically if I can fill out that and then get a nice quarterback this year I might be looking for a quarterback a little bit earlier between fumbling with Baker and Phillip Rivers last year that kind of was a pile of hot steamy garbage but um no well I guess we'll look towards running backs wide receivers hit a quarterback sooner than I did last year well, with some of those players that I just mentioned having really successful seasons, are you more inclined to have them on your team next year just because you have that familiarity and and some remaining comfortability that they're going to be able to produce for you? Yeah, so, you know, maybe a couple right there. Like Ertz, I feel like, is a fairly solid, solid player in general, right? He's one of the better tight ends in the entire league and stuff like that. And while he was a little bit slow to start, he certainly had some big games towards the end of the season for me. And, I mean, realistically, he's a, he's a healthy big boy and, you know, he, he's a, he produces, I guess, and he's been fairly consistent, a fairly consistent target. So, you know, so like that, or like, you know, Tyreek Hill, who's obviously going to do great things in the league and stuff like that. I would feel comfortable redrafting and going back for, um, you know, there were some upsetting picks that I had, right. Baker Mayfield had kind of showed himself as a, you know, a contender in his, his, you know, first season and stuff like that. And then really kind of, I don't want to say shit the bed, but sort of shit the bed <laughs> last yeah. year. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that was kind of a really disheartening pick for me to take. So I have some hesitancy jumping back into some players, but you know, other more, you know, all-star-ish players, I guess I would feel comfortable with. Very nice. So uh, you, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but you did end up winning both your matchups against former champions. Um, you beat Andrew and I in the regular season in our two matchups. Nice. And you even managed to beat the 2B champion, Zach, in the regular season before you did lose to him in the playoffs. True. Um, while this is a very limited sample size, would you object to being referred to as the Kingslayer? Um, you know, for now, <laughs> I might object to that. So that's a, that's a pretty hefty, pretty hefty, uh, you know, name to live up to. I really appreciate it and hell I'd wear it on my thing if I had another, you know, good season like I did. If I could take down some other, you know, reigning champs or 2B champs. Uh, but I really don't want to, you know, get cocky before I get fucking slapped in the face and put in the, the bottom three for the rest of the entire year. But I like the I like the ring of Kingslayer, so we'll we'll keep that one on the shelf for a bit. It has some potential. It has some potential. You know, we'll see how I do this year, and we'll we'll put some more uh, more statistics up on the board. 
before uh, before I decide to you know start cocking off with that. Sure. All right. I'm already I'm already afraid. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> when you're getting ready for the draft, do you have a draft day music playlist to get you in the right mindset, or any other superstitions? Uh. Well, I type out my own depth charts and then mm. I highlight players who I, on a, on a ranking scale and who I think would be good additions to the team, unlikely to get, likely to get kind of my own little like personal pregame because then that way I can go through and it's not necessarily a mock draft in my mind by any means, but it allows me to kind of go through meticulously each team starting roster and figure out, you know, would these people be worth it? to have on my team who are the ones that I want to gun for who are the ones that you know I I don't want to uh, go for and stuff like that and uh, so I do that as far as playlists go I've never really pumped up to a playlist but I'm thinking this year I found uh, some some the playlist for nonstop pop on GTA that I oh. oh yeah it really there's some bangers on there and it really jacks me up so you better know we're uh, jamming that shit out while we're getting prepped for the draft. I have no idea what a nonstop pop Matt Zabel in the draft looks like, but I'm I'm kind of afraid to know. Well, yeah, I guess we'll all see. Matt Zabel, now that you've been in the league for a year and you've played with the other 11 of us for a year, mm-hmm. do you feel like you have a better sense of your opponents going forward? And do you plan on using that to your advantage? I certainly hope so. I mean, I'm still kind of collecting some information, both based on how people play and how they shit talk and, and you know, the moves that they're, are, they are willing to make, the trades that they're willing to make are, you know, people they're willing to pick up and stuff like that. Granted, it was only for one year. Um, so that I've, still got a, I've still got a lot to learn, I guess is what I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, I'm certainly becoming more comfortable understanding what type of players uh, everybody's going to be, you know, throughout the league here and stuff like that. I guess we'll see how it plays out this year. I can continue to refine my methods as I'm sure all of you are also doing at the same time. Well, you do have one season under your belt. And with that, you have a perfect playoff appearance record. You got a taste of what playoffs are like. So going forward, looking ahead to this next season, what are the biggest things that you need to do to preserve that record and, and give yourself another shot at the title? Uh, I think I need to find, A, I need to have a good draft, and I need to ensure that like the major spots are filled with people who aren't just going to be juggled out. Really struggled with the quarterback slot last year. Uh, I was relying on fucking Phillip Rivers for most of it. Uh, I couldn't seem to pick anybody up. I couldn't seem to trade with anybody. Just didn't have anybody I could offer without, you know, really kind of digging a hole into my team. Uh, So focusing on spots that have the potential to produce a lot of points, I think is what I need to do, especially during the draft. Um, And as far as throughout the season, I really need to like, find those sleeper picks and find, you know, people who have potential really kind of stay up to date on my news. So I can, you know, be the first on the waiver wire to, you know, find people, pick up people to continue to either a build my team or fill the slots that are, you know, kind of in need of needing to be, you know, fixed, if you will. So a little bit more attention to detail and having a pretty good, pretty good draft, I think is what's going to push me to have hopefully another good season. Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds like a great approach. And 
wish you the best of luck in this coming year. Hey, thanks. You too. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And thank you for joining us here today. Uh, it was great talking with you both about your life and fantasy football, and we wish you the best of luck in both. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. It's my first time doing one of these things, and it was, it was great. <laughs> you did excellent. Oh, thank you so much. Very good, 100%. Thanks, well, Jim. I would say one of our, our best five interviews that we've ever done. Oh, <laughs> how many interviews yeah. have you done? Five. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> Got him. I mean, right. top five still. Dude, hell yeah. Still. Thank you very much, Matt Zabel for that wonderful interview. Um, wishing you good luck out in Colorado. Um, I know all of us are. And I do hope that might be an excuse for us to go skiing out there in Colorado. That would be pretty fun. I've never been, but that, that would be very fun. That would be a blast. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in to Commissioner's Corner, and we'll catch you next week. Signature sign-off. Wink. James, do you want to start this one off? Uh, I'll let you start off first. Are you in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> He's pooping. I definitely uh, heard some you, bathroom echo. Can you hear echo. the echo? I heard yeah, some yeah. bathroom echo, yeah. Is it a number one or a number two? <laughs> Unmute yourself twice if it's a number two. <laughs>